Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. God is good and his mercy just keeps on doing what it does. And I thank him because he blessed me. He woke me up this morning and started me on my way. And I feel real good right now in the name of Jesus. The Faith Power Hour. Hallelujah. We're here to encourage you, the lost and the found, to keep on seeking till you find him. Don't let him go when you get him. Yes, Lord God. Hallelujah. We present to you today two scenarios and one commonality. Come on, stick and stay. God is about to bless us in Jesus' name. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome back. It is again the Faith Power Hour. Yes, and I'm so glad to see you again up above the earth and still praising the Lord. I hope that your day has been well for you. Yes, I tell you, the day just brings on so many circumstances in our lives. A lot of joy. I hope that you can feel a lot of joy, even in your circumstantial situations. I truly hope that you can feel the joy of the Lord. The word of God tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I am so happy and excited right now to be bringing you this word from God. I I thank God because he gave me a word. He spoke to me and he said, I have a word. I have a message that I would like for you to convey to the people. So as you know me. God says move, I move. And I thank God today because he has been good to me and the joy of the Lord is my strength. Today on the Faith Power Hour, we encourage, yes, as always, that everyone, hallelujah, the lost and the found, yes, the found, you may think that you don't have to, but the Bible tells us to seek the Lord. And so, for the lost and the found, we encourage you to seek the Lord while he may be found. Called upon him while he is near. Yes, let the wicked forsake his ways, hallelujah, and turn to the Lord, and he will abundantly pardon. Yes, he will. He will forgive you. Yes, me and you, he will forgive us of our sins. I thank God today because he's been good. Yes, faith faith power hour where we encourage, yes, the lost and the found. We don't beat up on people, but we want people to feel the love of Jesus Christ. And that's all he did. The Bible says, with love and kindness have I drawn you. And so we as children of God, we got to be apt to do the same thing, to encourage people with love and kindness. I thank God today. Yes, trust in the Lord. Come on. You can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and flee from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. The word of God says healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yes, that's what I call it. Healthy, wealthy, and wise. Praise God for you today. Today, we're going to be talking about two scenarios, and I'm going to give you three scenarios, but two of them have like 
similarities. One of them are opposite of the other two. But yet again, two scenarios, one commonality. Two scenarios, one commonality. We're going to be coming from the book of Job. Please, on the Faith Power Hour, we love for people to get their Bibles and and read along with us. Don't just let us read, but will you please read with us? It is important that you read the Word of God and allow the effect of the power of the Word of God to affect your life. So by doing that, when you read, you will feel the presence of the Lord right there where you are right now. So if you have your Bibles, we're coming from the book of Job. Job chapter 16, verses 15 to 22. And then we're going to go to Jeremiah. Mark these scriptures. Jeremiah 14, verses 7 through 10. And then we're going to go to the book of Judges. Judges 16, 1 through 5. All right. So again, Job I started to say job. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Job 16, 15 through 22. Jeremiah 14, 7 through 10. And then again, Judges 16, 1 through 5. And then we'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter 8. Ecclesiastes, that's the last book in the Bible that we'll go to. There may be other scriptures that God will lead me into Uh, to give you the effect and the power of his word, but we'll let God do that. Uh, Ecclesiastes, which was written by a great king named Solomon, uh, chapter 8, verses 1, again, 1 through 5. All right? I pray that your heart is blessed. I feel the power of the Lord right now. Father God, we thank you for this time, this moment, that we can come together and enjoy you to rehearse, O Lord God, your words and to hear you speak to us. Lord God, I ask that you speak to us from heaven to earth, down into our ears, O Lord God, that we may hear and obey every word that you say. We thank you now, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Praise the Lord. God is good and his mercy endures forever. So come on. I'm going to start here with a scripture of devotion before we actually get started. These words here in the book of Psalms 33 are very important, very important to a nation, a nation of people who are called by God. And if you are a child of God, you have been called by his name and you are his chosen people. Here in the book of uh, Psalms 33, the psalmist writes in verse 12, He says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom have chosen, whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The book book tells you that blessed are you, happy are you, as a nation, that God is your Lord. And that the people whom he have chosen for his own inheritance, yes, you should be happy. Now, I know people would say that that's the children of Israel because they are his chosen people. But wait a minute. You are 
the inheritance of Abraham. You have inherited, hallelujah, the blessings. And so that makes you grafted in, as Paul would tell us. But then you got to go to John 15. If you go into the New Testament, he says, you haven't chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you shall go forth and bear much fruit. So again, you are, if you are a child of God, that righteous nation you are included in, and you are blessed. But if we look at it as a whole, if we look at it as a whole, we got to understand that being blessed of God as a nation, a whole group of people in America, I don't care where you live, you need to seek to be chosen by God. You need to be seeking to be pleasing in God's sight. Because the word of God says, the Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his inhabitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike. He considereth all their works. Praise the Lord. Everything that you do, God is watching and he's considering it. Today, we're talking about these scenarios. Two scenarios, one commonality. And so we start here in the book of Job. Come on and go with me. Praise God. I thank God for Job. Often when I testify, I always say when I was a young uh, man, I wanted to be like Job. I wanted to have that testimony, and I still do, that Job had, that God testified for him of his character and his statue. We're in Job chapter 16, verses 15 through 22. Hear the words of Job as he is going through his pain and suffering. You know, if we was to take a little history to help you to understand about Job, if you go to chapter one, you'll see that testimony. You'll hear that testimony. And it starts in one, verse six, chapter one, verse six. And listen to these words. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present, to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. Satan always coming somewhere where he is not invited, but he will show up. Yep, he'll show up in your church. He'll show up right there in the pew, sitting next to you. Yeah, you'll know, hallelujah. But I need you to know that if you defend God, God will defend you. If you testify of the goodness of God in your life, God will testify about you. And this he does for Job. Listen, he says, and the Lord said unto Satan, he asks Satan, Whence cometh thou? Where you coming from, Satan? Or why are you here? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down it. I've been going around him. I'm seeking whom I may devour. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? I, you know, you want to start some trouble. I think that I'm going to uh, point you in direction of this mighty man, this faithful man named Job, someone who serves me with a true heart. Listen to what God says about Job to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, in the earth, and the earth is a huge place, y'all, a perfect 
an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. God is testifying to Satan for Job, telling Satan what kind of man Job is. That means God knows his character. God knows his integrity, else God wouldn't even speak up for him. Sometimes we call people and ask them to, uh, uh, someone's going to call you and they're going to ask you about my work ethics and uh, can you give me a good reference. Here, I'm letting you know that God is giving a good reference to Satan. Hallelujah. He's offering up Job by way of a test. See, back in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, Satan was fooling with some babies. You understand what I'm saying? He was fooling with some babies. And so when he tempted Eve, he tempted Eve when she didn't have as much strength as she should and she fell for the temptation. She kept looking at something that she should never have been looking at because God told her not to look at that tree, not to touch that tree. Come on, we got it all turned around when she uh, mixed up what God said because she listened to what Satan said. But God here now is talking about a strong man of faith. Someone who's been tested and tried and someone who has been through something. And he's letting Satan know that Job is my best soldier. Yeah, he's a soldier in the army of the Lord. And I'm going to give him this tough battle because I know he will pass the test as he will. He will be victorious. Why? Because I am in his life. And at this point, Satan, you have no victory over this man. He's a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and issue of evil. Today, that word perfect scares a lot of Christians because they don't want to call themselves perfect. And you will always hear children of God say, I'm not perfect. Well, God commands us to be perfect because in the book of Matthew, he says, be ye perfect for I am perfect. He wants you to be like him righteous. Hallelujah. Yes, that's what he wants. It's the righteousness that he gave you, so by right, you should be righteous. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Yeah. So you got to understand, when he says, be ye perfect, for I am, he's talking about your righteousness. Now, if you're not, okay, let's not go there because that's another subject. We can talk about that another time. But if you're not claiming and professing and making a proclamation, that you're perfect and you're saying you're not perfect, then maybe we should examine ourselves because God here is speaking on behalf of Job before Job goes through the test of time. Yes, before he goes through his season. Yeah, he's a perfect and upright man. I want God to testify. I want him to say those words about me. I don't know about you. I, I do want him to say those words about me. Lord, I want to hear what you got to say about me. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So let's go to chapter 16 and let's hear Job testify for himself in verse 15. Remember, he's going through some stuff now. He done lost everything that he had, his children, his business, everything, his livestock, everything is gone. And listen to what Job has to say. I have sold sackcloth upon my skin and defiled mine horn in the dust. He's sacrificing himself. He's consecrating himself. Job is going through something, but he has not turned away from the Lord. In his pain and in his suffering, he's keeping his hope, yes, in God. He says, my face is foul with weeping 
and on mine eyelids is the shadow of death. Today, our subject, yes, our subject today, if you write it down, if you got a pen and a paper, I want you to write it down. All my hope is in God. All my hope is in God. I don't care what I'm going through, whatever the circumstances may be in my life. Be it good times or bad, and even in the bad, my hope is in God. He says here, praise the Lord. He says, my face is foul with weeping, and my eyelids is, is, is the shadow of death. On my eyelids, he's, he's contemplating or anticipating his demise, that this sickness that is on him because he don't know what's going on. All he knows is he's having a bad day. All he knows is that times have gotten hard for him and I am expecting to die at any moment. But listen to what Job says. He says, now for any injustice in mine hands, also my prayers appear. I need you to know Job is letting us know he ain't did nothing wrong. He's talking to these men who have come to pressure him, hallelujah, in the midst of his downcast. Uh, they didn't have anything nice to say to him. Matter of fact, they accused him, hallelujah, of sinning. And Job was saying, listen, I need to let y'all know right now. I don't know. Can you say those things? Will you be able to repeat these same words, hallelujah, when suffering comes into your life? He says, not for any injustice in mine hands. Also, my prayer is pure. He says, O earth, cover not thou my blood, and let my cry have no place. That has a great connotation, uh, similarities to uh, Cain and Abel. When Cain slew Abel, and God comes to Cain and says, where is your brother? And Cain has the nerve to say, hallelujah, that am I my brother's keeper? And God asks him, what has you done? Your brother's blood is crying from the grave. It's crying from the ground. Hallelujah. I can hear his tears. Job is saying here right now, that the ground, he's saying, listen, don't get ready for me yet because my hope is in God. Cover not my blood and let my cry have no place. I need to let you know his hope is in God. Even though it seems like the end, his hope is still in God. I love it when he says, not for any injustice and my prayer is pure. If you go into the book of Psalms chapter 66, write it down. We won't read it. Chapter 66, verse 17 through 20, uh, you will hear the psalmist David says, David wrote this, he says, if I uh, regard iniquity in my heart, hallelujah, God will not hear me. But then he says, but the Lord, surely the Lord does hear me. Job is saying the same thing. Job is come, he is confessing right here and right now. I ain't did nothing wrong in my prayers. I always heard in heaven. I need you to know that Job is going through something, but he's still holding on to God's hand, God's unchanging hand. Verse 19, he says, also now, behold, my witness is in heaven. I want to I want you to hear that again. If you're reading with me, read along with me. What did Job say in 19? He says, also now, behold, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. Everything about me, because God testified. Remember chapter one, starting at verse six, 
God testified. Job is not speaking any untruths. Everything Job is saying is true down to the point. I have witnesses in heaven and my record is written up there. But I've done, hallelujah, God knows, hallelujah. My witness, hallelujah. My friends scorn me. They, they are here uh, uh, scorning me and saying bad things about me. But mine eyes poureth out tears unto God. I don't care what you say about me. I'm still going to keep my eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. My faith is in him. He's who I've been serving. And just because I'm going through some hard times don't mean I'm going to stop serving him. Job is committed and faithful unto God even in his bad days. And he's having some bad days. Y'all better believe it. I don't know if you ever been there before, but Job is having some bad days. Hallelujah. Rich man, from riches to poor, he fell hard and hard did he fell. Listen, oh, that one might plead for a man with God. You talk to God for me. As a man pleaded for his neighbor, listen, come on. You talk to God for me. I need you to pray with me. Don't pray against me and don't try to accuse me of doing something. Just get on your knees and pray that God will heal me, that God will deliver me, that God will restore me. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. He knows that death is imminent. By the way that he's feeling in the body, hallelujah, his body all racked in pain and he's not the same man that he used to be. Hallelujah, his friends, when they came to see him, they didn't even recognize him because he wasn't the same man, hallelujah, that they had saw a week before. Hallelujah, now when they look at him, they're in silence. Why? Because the Bible says they do not recognize Job. Yeah, that's how sick Job was. Tested. Job was being tested. Nothing he had done. I want to know, will you pass the test? I want to know in your calamity and in your suffering, are you able to pass the test? Are you able to continue to trust in God with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding? Are you able to give him, hallelujah, acknowledgement in everything that you do, even while you're sick, so that he will be the direction of your path. See, this is the thing that we got to understand. God on our side, hallelujah, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Anything that's in this world, if God is down inside of you, oh boy, God, you are, you are triumphant. You are victorious. Yes, you are more than a conqueror. Yes, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I know you heard it all before. Remember this, two scenarios, one commonality. I want you to hear Job's latter end, hallelujah, for his faithfulness. Go to Job 42, 1 through 5. Job, because he passed the test, yes, he did. But he had some words to say. Job was sick, and sometimes when we're sick, we say things that we should not say. He never turned away from God, but he had some great discussions that probably in a lot of ways wasn't pleasing with God, but God didn't hold it against him. Remember, Job did nothing wrong, and he was put in a place, hallelujah, where he could not 
understand what is happening to him. 42, 1 through 5, then Job answered. Job here now is repenting for the conversation that he had with his friends and, and by speaking out of turn. And I love this verse because even in his sickness, listen to what Job says. Then Job answered the Lord and said, and this is after God has spoke to him about the words that he had said. I know that thou canst do any and everything. I know you can do everything, Lord. And that no, that no thought, hallelujah, that no thought can be withholding from you. You know everything, Lord. You can do everything. No one can hide anything from you. That's why if you're having an issue, you might as well talk to God about it because he knows about it. The problem we have is that we won't go to him in prayer and talk with him about it. Verse 3, he says, who is he, listen, who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that I understood not. He says, I, I uttered, hallelujah, that I understood not. Things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. I'm, I'm learning more every day, even while I feel like I'm dying, I'm sick, I'm hurting, but I'm enjoying the presence of the Lord. Listen to what he said. I, I'm feeling good right now, Job is saying. Listen, I've been with the Lord throughout my sickness. Verse 4 says, Here I beseech thee, and I will speak, I will demand of thee. And declare thou unto me, listen, I love this verse, I have heard of thee by the hearing of my ears. Lord God, I heard what people told me about you. I heard what I read about you. But listen to what he says. But now, he says, but now mine eyes see of thee. Job, even in his sickness, in his calamity, hallelujah, even in his state of mind, he was able to have an experiential moment with God. Yeah, it's just like seeing him. It's just like seeing him. He didn't see him with the natural eyes, but the experience that he had with God. Hallelujah. While he was on his deathbed, sick bed, whatever you want to call it, while he was sick, hallelujah, and couldn't get well, he was still enjoying the presence of the Lord. And he says, now I know. He says, wherefore, verse 6, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in the dust and the ashes. Lord God, I'm sorry for the words that I have spoken. I need you to know right then and there, God, he restored him. Listen to verse 12 of 42. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep and 6,000 camels, and a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 she-asses. He had also seven sons and three daughters. He gave them back all his children. And he, all, and he called the names of the first Jemima, and the name of the second Kizia, and the name of the third Karen And all of the land were no women found so fair as the daughters of Job, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brethren. I need you to know Job lived 140 years. He saw his sons and his sons. 
and his sons and his four generations. He saw his children get married. God let him go at a ripe old age, but not before he enjoyed a full and abundant life. For his faithfulness, he was blessed. Yes. Yes, tested and blessed. Write that down. Tested, endured, and blessed. God proved to Satan that you would not turn my man Job. He's one, hallelujah, who will never turn on me. And Job stood up for God and God blessed him. Come on, let's keep going. We got a little bit more. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, this is a different confession. Uh, Chapter 14, starting at verse seven. Come on and go with me in the name of Jesus. Starting at verse seven, we're gonna hear a confession of the children of Israel now for the sin that they have committed. Job, remember Job didn't commit no sin. He was going through, he was suffering, but he had done nothing wrong. He was being tested as he was. Here you will see where the children of Israel, their suffering led them to punishment. Yeah, God, he commanded this punishment upon them because, and he didn't do it right away. He gave them chance after chance, time after time. Yeah, they knew the way, but they decided not to go the way. Let's hear what the word of God has to say. Oh Lord, starting at verse seven, please be with me. Jeremiah 14, seven. Oh Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, our iniquities, our sin, they are testifying. Remember, God testified for Job. But now the children of Israel are saying that their sins are testifying against them. He says, do thou it. Do what you're going to do, Lord, for thy name's sake, for our backslidings and our many. Our backslidings are many. We have sinned against thee. Lord, you have the right to do whatever you do it. Yeah. yeah. The children of Israel, they were punished. Yeah, Job was tested, but the children of Israel were punished. Job did nothing wrong. The children of Israel are confessing that they have done wrong. Job said, I ain't did nothing wrong. Not by my hands have I done anything, and my prayers are pure. Listen to what he said. They say in verse 8, Oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof. You are our only hope, Lord, the Savior thereof in time of trouble. Lord God, we're in big trouble now. Why should thou be as a stranger in the land? Why are you acting like you don't know us, Lord? And as a wayfaring man that turneth aside to tarry for a night. You act like you don't even know us and you created this righteous nation called the children of Israel. We come from the loins of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Lord, please hear us. Listen to what they say in 9. Why should thou be as a man astonished, as a mighty man that cannot save? Because, Lord God, if you have compassion and love within you, you would save us. Hallelujah. Can't you see what Nebuchadnezzar is doing to us? Can you see what's going on down here in Babylon? We are being treated badly by the Chaldeans. Lord God, they are crucifying us daily. They are hurting us. They are torturing us. We're going through something, but it's our fault. Do you see the confession? 
They are confessing that we did this thing, Lord, and you're justified by what you're doing. But please hear our prayers. If I regard sin in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. Oh, praise the Lord. But surely the Lord has heard my cry, David said. Hallelujah. He says, yet thou, O Lord, art in the midst of us. You're right here with us because you told us that you would never leave us nor forsake us. And we are called by thy name. He says, leave us not. Verse 10, they're asking God, leave us not. Please don't leave us. Thus saith the Lord, God will speak to them now. Thus saith the Lord unto this people. He said, this people. He didn't say my people. He said, this people. You got to be careful when you stray away from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord to this people. Thus have they loved to wander. You love to go wandering off from daddy. Yeah. They have not refrained their feet. You kept doing the evil, even though I told you to stop doing the evil. Therefore, the Lord does not accept them. He, he no longer accepts you. You got to be careful. Psalm 33, remember we just read it. You got to be very careful, hallelujah, how you go about your life when you call yourself a child of God. And those who don't know God, listen to the words very clearly because there's security in God. Yeah, God chastens those whom he loves. They are being corrected. Yeah, they are being punished. Why? Because he loved them. Hallelujah. And he wants them to do right. Just like my mother. My mother, she corrected me when I did wrong. She gave me time after time after time, chance after chance. It was up to me to get it right. Hallelujah. But when I didn't, she had to do what she had to do. And she did not use that old cliche, it's going to hurt me more than it hurt you. My mother never used that. My mother used the correcting rod. And then we became, hallelujah, better than what we were before. Why? Because we knew not to do that thing again. Listen to what they say. Hallelujah. They say, the Lord says, therefore the Lord doth not accept them. He will now remember their iniquity and visit their sins. Right now, he says, then said the Lord unto me. Y'all got to hear this now. You got to hear this. because This is what God is telling Jeremiah. Then said the Lord unto me, pray not for this people, for their good. Listen, their prayers, the prayers will not go because of the sin. The prayers will not go. They will not have any effect on God because of the sin. Praise the Lord. But there was a time when God would have mercy on them and he would speak to them in a compassionate way. If you go with me here to the book of Ezekiel 37, and we're talking about the valley of the dry bones, the valley of the dry bones. I want you to hear what God did. And everybody knows the truth about the valley of the dry bones. So it's nothing that no one knows. But I want to get to you verse 11, and I want you to hear the confession of the children of Israel and the reason why Ezekiel was told to breathe on those bones. See, the children of Israel was at their last and there was no more hope in them. They knew that they would surely perish down there in Babylon. They didn't know that God, hallelujah, 
He said 70 years, and after those 70 years, he would bring them out. A lot of people are suffering and dying down in there, and they feel like all hope is gone and that God will no longer love them and will no longer keep them and will no longer restore them. Listen to what is said here. Then he said unto me, this is God talking to Ezekiel, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, this is what they're saying, Ezekiel, God is hearing their cries. Our bones are dried and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. I need you to know at that time, the valley of the dry bones was to let the children of Israel know God wanted them to know I'm going to restore you. Listen to what he says. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people. Now he's calling them his people. Come on, y'all. Do y'all feel this? I hope you're reading with me. In Jeremiah, he said this people. But here he says, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back. Yes, I'm going to restore you. Praise the Lord. If you go to the book of Isaiah, praise God. If you go to the book of Isaiah, oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 42, I believe it is. I want you to hear the words. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. I want to make sure I get the right scripture here because it comes to mind and I told you God would do that. Isaiah 40. Okay, you know these words. Listen to what God says to his people now. He says, comfort ye. Comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to the children and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished. You have done, hallelujah, you have served your time in the punishment that I have given you. Your warfare is accomplished. That her iniquity is pardoned. I have forgiven you, for she have received of the Lord of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. God recognized that it was time. He forgave them. They are now his chosen people again. They never stopped being his chosen people, but at this point, uh, God doesn't even want to know you when you have done the bad things that you have done. He says, turn away from me. I know you not, you workers of iniquity. But at this point, he's letting them know your sentence is over. The punishment has been completed. And you have paid double, yes, for your iniquity. And I pardon you. I forgive you. Look at God, the faithfulness of God. That scenario here to let you know that it was them who caused themselves to suffer. It wasn't any doing of God but yourself. Sometimes we got to recognize, hallelujah, what we have done to cause the pain in our life. When we don't do that, we settle, hallelujah, and settle. Yes, we settle and settle. We settle into the mess that we are in, and it just gets deeper and deeper. But you got to know how to confess. 
They were down and out and thought there was no more hope. But I need to let you know, all my hope is in God. All of your hope needs to continue to be in God. I don't care what the situation may be. You got the hope in the Lord. Yeah. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Job didn't see God, but it was evident that God was there. And he was enjoying all the knowledge and the wisdom that he was getting even in his sickness. Yeah, even in his unhealthy state, his mind was being nourished with the words of God. And he was learning things. And he said, these are wonderful things. Hallelujah. Things I never knew. Now I know. Hallelujah. Now I know. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Let's keep going. Hallelujah. We're going to go to the book of Judges. Come on. Let's go to the book of Judges. Two scenarios. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord God. Hallelujah. One commonality. Hallelujah. This man, Samson. Hallelujah. Y'all know all about Samson. And we're at the 16th. Yes, the 16th uh, chapter. Samson was a born deliverer given to his mother. Yes, hallelujah. She was barren. But God sent Gabriel to the mom and told the mom that your, your body will uh, 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 be blessed with a deliverer, the one who would deliver the children of Israel from the Philistines. Samson was that great man. But there were things Samson was not supposed to do. He wasn't supposed to eat grapes. He wasn't supposed to drink wine. He was a Nazarite. Hallelujah. Nazarites, if you go in the book of Numbers, you'll understand what a Nazarite is. He, he was a Nazarite. And he could not, he, his hair could not be shaven. He had to, this, his strength was in his obedience to God. And God blessed him and raised him up to be a deliverer unto the children of Israel. So that he must be. Yeah, he was born into the world to do one thing, and that was to deliver. He had an assignment when he came into the world. But Samson did everything God said not to do. He defied God. He married out of his race. Yeah, he, he took up with a woman, hallelujah, that he should not have taken up with after his wife died. His parents tried to get him to marry an Israelite woman, but he chose not to. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to do everything God said not to do. Can y'all understand what happens when we defy the word of God and, and, and know rightly what God has said not to do and we do it anyway? This is the problem. When Paul talks about the letter of the law. He says, if it was not for the law, he wouldn't have known he was a sinner. The law comes to let us know that we are sinners. That's why you got the Ten Commandments. That's why you're here today to understand, yo, you, you are under grace. I know that. So no, nobody beat up on me now. But you still got to obey God, whether you're under grace or not, because you will fall from grace if you start being disobedient to God. You'll fall from grace. So don't, and you'll go right back under the letter of the law. Come on, that's another subject. We won't go there. But if you have your Bibles ready, we're in Judges 16, uh, 1 through 5. Let's hear the words of Samson. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there a harlot. He saw a prostitute and went in unto her. And it was told to the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither. And they compassed him in and laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city. And, where, and, and, and were quiet, they were very quiet all night, saying in the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. They're going to wait for Samson to come out. 
And this big old powerful man, they're going to kill him. Listen to what happens. They're waiting inside the gate. And Samson lay till midnight and he arose. Come on. This is 16. I want to make sure you got this. 16, starting from verse 1. At midnight and took the door. Samson got up at midnight. I believe the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And those men was out there sleeping. And he took the doors of the gate of the city. And you got to know that that gate wasn't a little small gate. It was huge. And the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is above Hebron, that is before Hebron. He carried that gate up there. Come on, listen. This man was born with the strength that God gave him, but he defied everything. Sometimes we mess our own self up. God has given us a certain amount of power, a certain amount of authority, and we took it upon ourselves to destroy everything that God has done. You need to ask for forgiveness. You need to call on the name of the Lord. Listen to what happens here. And it came to pass afterwards that he loved the woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the Lord of the Philistines came upon unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means he may prevail against him, that we might be able to beat him. They asking her to find out because, see, they want to take Samson down. They want to do away with Samson. Samson doing everything that God said not to do. He's falling deeper and deeper in sin. He gets drunk one night when he wasn't supposed to be drunk. Hallelujah. He gets drunk and and now he gets foolish. And and now Delilah asks him that one question and he begins to tell all about his strength. He begins to tell all the commandment of God. You can tell the commandment, but you won't live the commandment. And now Delilah finds out his strength and she takes some shears and she cuts off his hair. Samson wakes up and he's weaker than a butterfly. Yeah. Everything that he was, and I said was, has decreased. He's no longer the man that God had designed him to be. Why? Because of his sin. Like scenario with the children of Israel. But you got to understand, he did it to himself. No one, it wasn't a group of people. It was one man, sin, that he caused on himself. When there was evidence, he was a powerful man. Let's go over to verse 28. Praise the Lord. And Samson called unto the Lord. Now he's in chains and they're laughing at him. and, and, And they're using him as a spectacle. Listen to what Samson says. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, Lord God, just this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. They put his eyes out, they blinded him. He's very, hallelujah, he's humbled now. He's in a humble state of mind, but Lord, I need you to just give me my strength one more time. He's praying to the Lord. What did we say? All my hope is in God. One commonality 
two scenarios, but one commonality. Hallelujah. And Samson called unto the Lord, I'll read it again, and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold. He just knows God is going to do it. Why? Because he was born to be a deliverer. So he knows, hallelujah, why he came into existence. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was born up. One, uh, hallelujah, of the one with his right hand and the other with his left hand. And Samson said, let me die. Listen to what Samson says. Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed his head, hallelujah, in adoration to God with all his might. And the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew on that day, hallelujah, were more than they which he slew in his life. All the people that if you go back and count and, 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 and multiply and put all together the people, he killed more in the day, hallelujah, in that last day on earth than he did while he was alive. Again, his hope came from the Lord. My hope is in the Lord who created the heavens and the earth. Yes, I look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help coming from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. I pray that you understand when we get into the book of Ecclesiastes, because we don't want to leave that out. Hallelujah. I want to read this to you. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, 1 through 5. Hear the words of Solomon. Who is as the wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? Who knows? A man's wisdom, a man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Listen, you are a wise and happy person in God because you know, hallelujah, you have knowledge, hallelujah, because you have given wisdom, you have been given wisdom by God. Why? Because you seek, hallelujah, the counsel of God. Listen to verse 2. I counsel thee to keep the king's commandments. And that in regard of the oath of God, he says, be not hasty to go out of his sight. Don't go out of God's sight. Don't go out of the king's sight. He is a powerful man. He is a powerful God. Stand not in an evil thing for for he doeth whatsoever he pleaseth. The more you stand in evil, the more you're going to be accused of being evil. Why? Because you can't help yourself. The thing that you are around, those are the things that you're going to start doing. Guilty by association, you can call it what you want. But you are have no business as a child of God incorporating yourself with evil. Verse 4. Where the word of the king is, there is power. Wherever God is and whatever God says, there is power power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Can't nobody ask God what he's doing because God does what he wants to do. Hallelujah. The one thing God wants to do is take care of you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you happy. I hope you feeling good right now. 
Whosoever keepeth the commandments shall feel no evil thing. Whosoever does what God says do, you shall feel no evil thing. And a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Listen, you know, and if you didn't know, now you know. Long life will you have. Hallelujah. It speaks in, uh, Solomon wrote in the book of Proverbs. He wrote some scriptures here in chapter three. Uh, and we always quote chapter three. But I want you to hear the first two verses in chapter three of Proverbs. Uh, chapter three, verse one. It says, my son, just like it said here in Ecclesiastes. And that was written by Solomon as well. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Do what I say do. Verse 2 says, For the length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Ain't that what happened with Job? Listen. Do right by yourself by doing right by God. I hope that this message has encouraged you, yes, to trust God and live a life of righteousness in him. If you have accepted Christ, then that's wonderful. Continue to do his will. And if you have not accepted him, call upon his name now and allow him to forgive you so that you will become the chosen people, part of the chosen family, the household of faith. I thank God for you and giving me this time to speak to you. And I hope I have encouraged you in some kind of way because I don't want to beat up on anybody. I love you. I hope you know that because those words are true. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you continue to do, Lord God, in our lives. Lord, I pray right now, my prayer is that more will find out, just like Job found out, how wonderful you are even when we are in a bad state in our lives and conditions are not pleasing to us, Lord God. But we know that if we serve you, if we are your chosen, that there is hope. And hope, oh Lord God, hallelujah, is in you. All of our essence and our being is in you, Lord God. Help them to understand, hallelujah, that they need you. Oh Lord God, in all life circumstances, you are the one, hallelujah, who can heal, who can make things right. For you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon your shoulders. And with your stripes, Lord God, we know that we are healed. I thank you, Father God, for this time. I pray for healing for the nation. I pray for healing for those who have been slaughtered, oh Lord God, and families have lost their loved ones, Lord God. I pray that healing, oh Lord God, will come to them by way of your righteous arms, covering them in the middle of the night as they cry themselves to sleep. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Lord, bring that morning and bring that sunshine to their faces. Father God, I thank you now for the cross, for the love, oh Lord God, that you said that you have for us, Lord God. For while we were yet sinners, you died for us, and nothing, as Paul has told us, nothing can separate us from that love, oh Lord God, and I love you so much. I want to let you know, Lord God, I love you. We love you, Lord God, and we adore you. Yes, Lord God, and we give you the praise, hallelujah, and the glory. Lord God, heal now, hallelujah, this great nation, heal now. Oh, Lord God, this world heal now and forgive, Lord God, as they come to you one by one, Lord God, we ask that you heal and forgive. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Faith Power Hour signing off, but we will be back with some more encouraging words. Only if the Lord says so. Yes. This is God ordained. And so we must speak when he says speak and not just speak. Praise God. I love you again. And I thank God for you. Be strong in the Lord and trust in him with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and flee from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It just may, just may be that God will testify for you the way he testified for Job. God bless you now. In Jesus' name.